This episode of the Knicks Film School Podcast is brought to you by our new sponsor, Oakley. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try it for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglass brands in my life, and I can assure you that Oakley is not just the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head on over to oakley.com for more information today. That's actually going to be the cap stuff, right? For for today, uh, we'll still talk about salary cap wow. items, but in terms of specifically the Knicks, there wasn't a whole lot more of dissecting that we need to do. So, without further ado, I would like to introduce us to draft season. Um, we'll talk about the draft. Oh, it's 2003 draft. I was like, what draft? It is. And then I saw LeBron in his white suit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, this is, I used this photo last time. I'm going to use this photo forever. Why it's would you ever change photo. to a different photo? It's the greatest photo of all time. You Just know what like, it reminds me of? What's that? The, have you seen the Chris Paul commercial with the big shorts? Yes. Where they overemphasized it? This is like, they, they went to that degree with the suits that th- these gentlemen are wearing. Yes, but also unironically in this photo, which makes There's it nothing even better because the early aughts for fashion was so bad. And yet it's also come back thanks to uh, Gen Z bringing it back. But that's oh OK. We're, we're, we're working our way through this. This is a beautiful image. So uh, here's where the Knicks are at in terms of their draft picks. No, the Knicks do not have any picks in the 2023 NBA draft 2024. It gets a little complicated because of protected picks. First of all, the Knicks own all of their own first round picks um, throughout at, at once this draft conveys, they own all their picks. And once this draft pick goes through, it unlocks the 2030 draft. That is of course where every team has their 2030 picks. How could they not? There would not be an opportunity for them to trade them. So, the Knicks also have the Dallas first round pick that should convey in 2024. If you're thinking, well, didn't we say that in 2022 <laughs> about 2023? And the answer is yes. Yes, we did. But uh, presumably that would be uh, going through. Then we have the Wizards pick. The Wizards pick was top 14 protected this year. It's top 12 protected next year. Top 10 protected the year after that. And then top eight protected. And if it's still in the top eight, at that point, then it becomes, I want to say, two second round picks. That sounds Bottom right. line, uh, we're hoping that the Wizards try to become a better basketball team because then it would guarantee that the pick conveys. I'm pretty confident that over the next few years it will convey. But them being a better team would increase the odds of it happening. Also questions of, really one question, will this pick even belong to the Knicks by the time it would convey? We will answer that and more at a later date. Uh, then you have the Pistons pick. It's the 2024 Pistons pick. This will un- this is very unlikely to convey before like 2026. Jeremy, uh, if the Pistons are one of the 12 best teams of basketball next year, I will be a monkey's uncle. Yeah, yeah. It would not be great. Also, it would mean that the second round pick the Knicks own yeah. of the Pistons would be crap. So I forgot about actually, that pick. Mm-hmm. That is a chance to be the 31st pick of the draft. Yes, it does. Listen, I've I've got a Good friend who's a Pistons fan, and uh, there's a part of me that really wanted him to get Wemby. There's another part of me that was like, you know, but what if that second round pick benefited me? That's that's how great of a friend I am. I I, I think the Pistons should be 
maybe not even money to finish with the worst record in the league because it's like too too far out and that's crazy talk. But like, I don't know if you gave me like two to one odds, I'd think about it. They're yeah. not going to be good. They're not. You've also got a Jazz second round pick in 2024. Now, the Jazz had a nice little season. Um, it was cute. It was great. But they wound up picking ninth overall. And here's the funny thing about the Jazz. You like Jazz. Well, you like Jazz losing because the Jazz actually will want to lose. It will. They're incentivized to lose because their pick is top 10 protected for a few years. So this year, sure, they could try to add talent and win games and blah, blah, blah. But there's also the real possibility that they're a bad team next year and they keep their first round pick. Well, if they're a bad team and they keep their first round pick, that means it's guaranteed to be 31 to 40. Yep. That would be great. That would be an extra second round pick, high second round pick for the Knicks. And then lastly, uh, it's the Heat. The Knicks own the 2024 Miami Heat pick if it falls, I guess, between 56 and 60. So uh, as someone who's rooting against Boston still, even I thought I was maybe going to root just against the heat in this series. And I found myself cheering on the heat and I was like, I, I've been cheering. I feel gross. I need a shower, but this is where we're at. Fuck boss. You're actually, if you're a Knicks fan, you kind of do want the heat to play well in the regular season. Uh, then again, it's also a distant second round pick, so it doesn't really matter, but that's where the stakes are. And then very quickly to wrap up, 2025, that's when the Knicks own the Milwaukee Bucks pick. If it falls between five and 30, if it's between one and four, it goes to the Pelicans. Uh, in addition, the Knicks own the Brooklyn Nets second round pick. They own the Pistons second round pick if it's 56 to 60. So that will be very unlikely to convey. Of course, the Knicks don't have their own 2025 second round pick because of Jalen Brunson and the whole tampering thing. And then they have all their picks. Uh, the only difference is, you know, first and second picks in 2026 and beyond. It's really in 2026 where they get of the two picks, their own and the Timberwolves second round pick, they get the worst one. So they're in good shape and they could certainly move some of these picks. How I, do they do it? We'll, we'll explore. Yeah, I was about to say, like, we're, like, we will explore it and like the you know, certain trades obviously, you know, would have uh, all of the picks or most of the picks moving out, out the window. But just if uh, to, for me, thinking just about 2024, the notion that the Knicks, uh, assuming Dallas gets their, gets their stuff together to, to some degree. Um, and assuming again, hopefully the Knicks uh, continue on their success, success this year, the prospect of looking at, what at this point, if I was going to guess today as to what's going to happen in 24, essentially four picks within a, let's say like a 20 to 25 pick range from like the 15th pick of the first round to the, you know, the 40th pick or the 10th pick in the second round. Like that's a lot of picks to have in that, in that range. So if you're a Nick team that's already thinking ahead and in, in many different ways, um, you know, potentially uh, sending one or one or two of those picks out might, might be a good idea. And I'll say it again. If Rokas Yokobitis comes over in 2024, that is essentially a second round pick that you have of an injection of talent. Yeah. So the Knicks can afford to take, to dip in from 2024 to move into 2023 if they feel inclined. So let's look at some common themes for the Knicks. <laughs> Great picture. 
I'll use it every year. It's so easy to just copy and paste. It's fantastic. It's just Emmanuel quickly looking like an absolute dog. I mean, that's he's just he's up to something in that picture. Oh, it's he's given very large. uh, You want the pipe energy, like just in that photo, but. He looks great. Love him. So the Knicks have made seven picks under this current administration. I think it's been seven. Might actually be eight. Actually, you know, it doesn't matter. I'm too lazy to do it. Point is, if it's seven, great. All of them have been over the age, or I guess really 20 or older. I say older than 20, but it's really older than 19. And uh, I meant to say 20 or older. The only one being the difference is Trevor Keels. Trevor Keels is... uh, he was 19 when he was drafted. So the Knicks like youngest player in the draft, right? Right? Or young around there? Yeah. 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 Uh, actually, it might have been 18 when he was drafted, and then yeah. 19. Not, not, I think not so. Long after that. So the Knicks love their guards as off the dribble threats. They really like guards who pull up. Uh, guards and forwards, they like them as catch and shoot threats. That's really important. Again, I didn't say centers. I said guards and forwards. They are huge on a player's offensive box plus minus. That's a really important thing to them. It's not the it's not everything, but that is certainly a key component, box plus minus as well. And last bullet point I have here, predict the unpredictable. I mean, the Knicks have gone up and down and sideways and drafts in ways that we wouldn't necessarily expect it. So I would not be shocked if they continue to create chaos just based on how they have operated. I mean the next the next draft where they sit tight and they uh, on draft night will be the first. Now Correct. maybe maybe that changes because they don't have a pick this year. We'll see. Yeah. For over 30 years, the law offices of Weiss and Rosenblum in New York City has been home to a team of award-winning, hard-hitting injury attorneys who have a long track record of seven-figure results. Whether you've been injured in a car accident, fall, construction accident, or other traumatic event, Weiss and Rosenblum will work tirelessly to maximize the award, regardless of the severity of your injury, and get you and your family the fair and just compensation you deserve. Call Weiss and Rosenblum today at 212-366-6100. Again, that's 212-366-6100 or visit weissandrosenbloom.com for more information. No case is too big or too small. Personal attention to your matter is a priority. Once more, call 212-366-6100. Previous results do not guarantee future outcomes. If you think you might have a case, speak with a veteran attorney, not a rookie. Again, on the pull-up shooting, I... Keep adding to this every year. Jonathan Wasserman did a great job of of plotting this out. He didn't do it for this year, but he gave something else that we can kind of uh, at least put up there. But this is essentially comprising of all of the players that have been or that were great pull-up shooters, um, points per possession, as well as pull-up jumpers made per game in the half court. And I have circled. It's basically you'll see some familiar names there, right? It's Quinn Grimes. It's Deuce McBride. This is the 2021 draft class. Uh, there's Austin Reeves, who's in there. He's been having quite a nice playoffs. Um, want to say that's Cade Cunningham. I, he's been using last names, but Cade is there. So imagine that's him. Buddy Beheim, who the Knicks actually brought in for a workout. Uh, Terrence, uh, or Trey Man, excuse me, Trey Man. Uh, also brought in for a workout. Exactly. Duarte, who we, Chris Duarte, we knew they were interested in. David Duke didn't, uh, he might've actually worked out for the Knicks. That I don't remember, but that's kind of the quintessential, Hey, you make a lot of pull-ups and you do them well. We like you in that, in that group. And as you notice, except for Cade Cunningham, they're really all essentially guards. Uh, you know, I mean, Chris Duarte's 
Is he a wing? It's it's borderline. Whatever, but guard wing. It doesn't matter. Right. They're similar. The year later, same group of area, right? Same type of players. And, you know, it's like Johnny Davis, who had a miserable rookie year. Just awful. Um, Johnny Juzang, uh, you know, it's it's Caleb Love, I think, it is, is there. And there's some other names there, but no one who will pop out and... That's the point. It's no one who will pop out. And yeah, you know, like you've got players who are not pull-up threats who are still really good. We know the Knicks were interested in Jalen Williams. He did not. He wasn't one of the pull-up threats. The question, of course, is do the Knicks keep going back to that well? Do they keep looking at guards who pull up and how they operate? Um, do they decide to dip their toe? I mean, we knew they were interested in Jaden Ivey. That's another yeah, I was about to say. Example. That's the one guy Jayden we knew Ivey, they were interested in. Right. Jaden Ivey. Uh, Pull up shooting points per possession for context. He was right around like 0.8. And he pull up jumpers made per game. He was a little under one. But context also matters. Like Jaden Ivey was projected to be, okay, this is maybe your opportunity to go and snag a future star at a at a draft pick that does not typically present the opportunity to go snag a star. And they couldn't complete a deal. So it's like you know, maybe different parameters. I think that, I think your point is well taken though, that they in making picks in the range where you could do some of that maneuvering a little bit easier and like kind of have your pick of, of, you know, a certain type of guy it's, and it's clearly also from the free agency. It's clearly a skill that they, they want also, by the way, like we've, we've praised up and down correctly. So Jalen Brunson for improving his pull-up, um, threat ability this year well like i have to think the knicks encouraged him quite a bit to like hey this is something we we want you to do a lot more of and he certainly did a lot more of it with the knicks this year yeah and he was already a really good pull-up shooter jalen brunson it was really just about how do we get you from going in the mid-range pull-up to yeah. be on the arc and he yeah, did a great exactly. job uh look honestly john my hot take and i i feel like this isn't that hot but i can understand why it might be perceived as such a big reason why the knicks would have been interested in Jaden Ivey because he clashes in a lot of ways against what they're doing is they wanted the best talent available. And yeah. if they thought, listen, if Donovan Mitchell becomes available because we we've heard enough, I'm sure every fan, every team knew there were some rumblings about Rudy moving and Donovan and all that. Like if you go to Utah and you say, we've got Jaden Ivey and an unprotected 2023 20, first and a couple other protect, you know, like does that headline your package better? Yeah. Right. Like it's a name that gets you something top of the draft. He went uh, what fifth to the Pistons. Like, For, I'm not. I'm not saying it's set in stone where they got the him. Whatever. They he, he went fifth because Keegan went fourth. Keegan oh, Murray that's right. Fourth. Yeah, Keegan Murray went. No, yeah. wait, no, Keegan. The they. Yeah, that's right. You're right, Keegan. That was the whole thing. The Kings right. passed on Ivy and Ivy. Uh, yeah, that's right. Okay. Right. It's just the Knicks have been so interested in pull up threats, and maybe Jaden Ivy had a had an off season from a pull up perspective. Maybe they saw something else that was there, but it's just like, would you rather have these picks that we're offering you, or would you rather have Jaden Ivy? Like that's the thought process. But that's it's in the past. It was more just a thought. And then here's the other thing Jonathan Wasserman did. Uh, a lot of reds and blues here. If you're watching, essentially he's just looking at red is good. It means you did really well. Blue is ice cold. So there's some thoughts here. I don't want to spend too much time on it, but just like players who might overlap and make sense from a non graph standpoint. 
And this is for this year's. That was this year's. That was draft. from this year's draft class. Yeah. Correct. So offensive box plus minus. Mention how important it is. The two drafts the Knicks made where they selected a player. Uh, twenty twenty was Obi Toppin. He was fourth in the uh, in basket in college basketball in offensive box plus minus. Vernon Carey Jr. was another player the Knicks were rumored to have. Seemed like they wanted to take him with the 33rd pick, but then he was taken 32nd, if memory serves. He was fifth in offensive box plus minus. They like Chris Duarte, I believe, too, uh, who's third on this leaderboard. Right. Um, Chris Duarte, certainly talked about him. He was eighth in offensive box plus minus with an 8.0. Quinn Grimes was 10th, 7.9. So there's enough overlap here where I, and also uh, Mika Potter was, I mean, he was a Nick for a hot second, right? Uh, man, that's I mean, right at least summer head. league, right? Okay. Sure. Yeah. Shout out Micah Potter. Yeah. Mika Potter or Micah Potter? Mr. Potter. You know, that's it. Mr. <laughs> Harry. Potter. Yeah. Call him Harry. <laughs> exactly. So this is clearly something that's of interest to them as we talked about. Um, let's get into the draft. Shall we? Yeah, I, yeah, we don't have a choice. This is the slide that's presented to us. So, uh, top five, right? It's the Spurs, it's the Hornets, it's the Blazers, the Rockets, and the Pistons. Rough time for the Pistons, and a little rough for the Rockets too. Uh, let's just let's just forget about Victor Wembanyama. It's not happening. I have not seen a single person suggest the Knicks get him or that any other team get him. So we're we're all good on that. I love that. Let's also forget about the second overall pick because I just don't see Charlotte trading out of it for whatever reason. I would imagine that even though I would go with Scoot Henderson and I, this is coming from someone who I should also be quite honest. I barely watched college basketball this year. So anything that I'm talking about is really just looking at the Knicks in the past and seeing how prospects might overlap in that case and the maneuvering. If you want draft stuff, Chris had a Chris great episode Einen, baby. dream. Uh, Strickland's got some great content as well, but I'm not your draft guy. I'm your, Hey, what have the Knicks done? And how does that relate to the draft guy? And that's a okay by me, but I don't think that they're going to trade out of the second overall pick. So that means our process starts with the Portland trailblazers and all these screenshots of the uh, salary cap situation. Uh, no trade clause. They do some great work. I like their formatting a little bit better than based on what Track has done. So I'm using them. And uh, the other thing to consider before I launch into this, the salaries of the players that these teams would be drafting is not included because they weren't quite updated when I took the screenshots. So that's it's still money to factor in in terms of the finances. But real quick with the Blazers, uh, the one thing I want to say, John, I've seen a lot. I tweeted about this, but I've seen a lot of people talking about like, oh, well, what happens if the Knicks did Jeremy Grant and three and you got Julius and you have picks and uh, it number one, it's it can't happen. Jul- Jeremy Grant cannot be traded on draft night because he will be a free agent. The teams cannot work out a deal that involves Jeremy Grant. Um, could they theoretically do something and then say, oh, what if we expanded this? Yeah, but also the tampering charges yeah. that would come about that would be so severe that it's just not going to happen. Um, it's not really possible to happen. And also, if you despise Julius Randle or if you like Julius Randle, but you're really low on him and now you're trying to conceive how you can trade him to Portland for the third overall pick, 
come like what are what are we doing right like the blazers would see exactly what you think you see you're not trying to pull a fast you're trying to pull a fast one on them and i just don't uh see that happening i'd love for them to prioritize him in such a way potentially but i mean it, it's like selling a if you if you perceive him as low then it stands to reason they would feel similarly the uh the the, the portland trailblazers will not be trading the third pick in the draft in a deal that brings them Julius Randle. We could just move on. Agreed. Thank you. Yes. Number four, the Rockets. I, Interesting team. Yes, very much so. In fact, I believe, I'm curious your thoughts, that the Rockets, really James Harden, but the Rockets are going to turn the entire offseason on its head because... And now the Blazers could do that beforehand because they naturally pick beforehand, but it's more just, okay, Houston's Houston's now potentially a James Harden destination. What are they doing with the fourth pick? How are they trading it? Is it someone like Jalen Brown? Does he turn down all of that money and say, you know what? I don't want to be in Boston anymore. How does that impact that? And then suddenly you're looking at two Atlantic division teams that have less win now talent than they did before. Uh, is another player that they use that fourth overall pick as a uh, kind of a trade chip for. I don't really know, but Harden accelerates their timeline in a way where I feel like this pick is very much in play. I don't think it's in play for the Knicks, but I think it's certainly in play for another team. Not every billionaire has the stamina, the dedication, or the fire to become the most unpopular owner in sports. But not everyone is James Dolan, the owner of the New York Knicks. This is Reign of Error, a new podcast series that gives you a courtside seat for the controversies, scandals, and drama that seems to follow the infamous billionaire. Track Dolan's rise from aspiring musician to the throne of one of the most beloved franchises in sports. Along the way, he'll battle his own players, fans, celebrities, the New York media, politicians, even the Girl Scouts. Reign of Error unpacks the outlandish story over five riveting episodes, detailing how Dolan became a lightning rod of criticism in his quest to outdo his billionaire father, while also asking the $6 billion question, why doesn't he just sell the team? Check out Reign of Error wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app. What's up, Knicks fans? Super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. Express your style and build a look that's made just for you. Oakley's changing the game, and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, train, or just want to look like your favorite athlete? Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakleys today. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses allowing for an extension of self and an expression of your personality, with Oakley, there's more than meets the eye. Here at Knicks Film School, our motto is look good, play good and that's why oakley is the perfect partner for us not a one of us leaves the house in the morning without our oakley's and listen up because it's officially almost summer which means you need to upgrade your sunglass game now check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair today also did you know that oakley even offers prism lens technology now i know what you're thinking gmac what the hell is that Well, it's a technology solely used by Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. 
Want to know more? Head on over to oakley.com and check it out for yourself. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses. That'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try it for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglass brands in my life, and I can assure you that Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head on over to oakley.com for more information today. I I completely agree with you on the Rockets being the team that the offseason turns on. Not, I mean, yes, Harden, but even take the Harden thing and just zoom out. This league, I mean, God, I mean, Bill Simmons used to have be able to write a column called the atrocious GM summit because there were so many GMs that did so much stupid shit. That just was like, how are you doing this? Like, what, like, what, what world is this? And then, kind of a funny thing happened over the last handful of years, where it's like, yeah, look, you still got some things, right? Again, Rudy Gobert, four first round picks, say no more. For the most part, though, the league has arrived at a place where you don't get too much just abject insanity where you're where you're looking at it and you're like what is this team doing like what like this doesn't make sense in terms of like where they're at in their life cycle as a team where their roster age is like what their prospects are for next year and the year after that year to that so when you get a situation where you could potentially have not only an irrational actor injected into the mix but an irrational actor with money and assets <laughs> Oh boy, does it liven up the party quite a bit. And like nobody knows what the fuck the Houston Rockets are doing because they're like nobody knows. And um don't rule anything out, that's for sure. Um and yeah, I think and they have the fourth pick of the draft. So and they have a lot of interesting young players too. They do. Uh you know, and it's like you know, I've they're the one team that like you could see be like, oh wow, they did that? Huh. And it actually like passing muster. That's so yeah, you're right. Uh but yes, again, not a Knicks team. Uh the Pistons, fifth overall. Now there was a trade that went about that I want to say it was James Edwards the third of the Athletic who mentioned oh, that it. one. Yeah. And it was what was it? Um it was RJ Barrett. And the Pistons' own pick for... I don't even know if that was... Oh, and, I think it was RJ New York's 2024 pick, unprotected. I thought it... I really thought it was the Pistons' pick. Maybe the Pistons' pick was in there, too. Um, but, but basically, the Knicks were getting back bogey and the, the fifth pick. Yes, but also Wiseman, and then it was Fournier. Oh, that's right. Wiseman and Fournier, they were in there, too. Yeah. I forgot about that. Um, uh, listen, I I understand it. I think it's tempting if you really love someone fifth overall. If I'm moving RJ Barrett, it's that's not how I would imagine the Knicks do it. They keep trying to level up. Do they see the fifth overall pick as a level up over RJ? Um, I'm inclined to say no. I also think that if you take Bogdanovich, who is 33, 34 years old. Yeah. And it's like, cool, okay, we're adding pull-up shooting, but also we completely lose any sort of dribble drive penetration that we had outside of Jalen Brunson and to a lesser extent, Julius Randle. You basically need to say, Quentin Grimes, you went from under a drive per game to I think three and a half drives per game. Can you now drive seven times a game? 
eight times a game? And I don't think the answer to that is yes. To be quite honest, I think that's that's a even in a third year leap, that is a leap. So I, I again, I understand it. You'd have to really love someone fifth overall in order to do it. I don't think the Knicks operate in that way. I think they try to level up over someone with question marks. All due respect to the Thompson twins or um, whoever might be on the board at that point. But that's that's probably the only way the Knicks would probably get five. And I'm just not really the biggest fan of, of that. I I agree with you. The Knicks would have to love someone at five. Love so like love someone at five, and even then, the notion that they're doing this for a rookie is, I the, the it's just the trade didn't pass the smell test for me from either side. I mm-hmm. quite frankly would be very surprised if the Pistons did that. Um, but I did think it was interesting because, like, I agree with you on its face. You look at it and you're like, yeah, I don't see. I don't know if I see the Knicks doing that for like some of the reasons you talked about, and at the same time, like. You look at their production last year, Bogdanovich and RJ Barrett, like Bogdanovich was like, again, t- put it in a vacuum, take it, take it out of the context of like what the Knicks want to do and what the Knicks like kind of want their wings to do and this and that. Like Bogdanovich had a better season than RJ last year. Now, RJ obviously made up for a lot of that in the playoffs in a big time way. And that matters a lot more than whatever Bogdanovich was doing for a trash Pistons team playing a role, by the way, that he would not play for any other team in the league because he was like, being given the ball and being given carte blanche to do whatever he wanted. And like, it's, that's probably easier to, to go about your business that way for as much as it is, it is more, um, you know, more effort and energy, but like Bogdanovich was really good and he's still really good. And I think he'll draw interest, um, you know, and then the fifth pick is like, a, I mean, I, I do think the fifth pick is a really good asset in this draft, but I, it, I don't, I don't see that as a, I would just be very surprised if that trade ended up happening. I'll just say that. Good asset, not the right asset. For, not for this. I, not for this team right now. I would. I would just be very surprised if that's the asset they went for. I'll just say that. As would I. So here's the rest of the lottery. It's the Magic, the Pacers, the Wizards, the Jazz, the Mavericks, the Magic again, the Thunder, the Raptors, and the Pelicans. So Magic at sixth overall. I. Yeah, Jonathan Isaac's salary is listed as guaranteed through and through. It shouldn't be. There's a there's non-guaranteed portions of it. I don't see a fit for six. I, the Knicks don't have anyone excuse me, who's good enough, quite frankly, um, to that, that's worth it for them to get sixth overall. I think if you're Orlando, you're just taking best player available. Maybe you're talking about 11. We can discuss that. But six, it seems, is pretty set in stone for Orlando. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Yeah, I think I agree with that. I don't think there's anything that Indiana certainly an option, but again, um, just don't see that happening. Where they move the seventh pick overall, I think they just stay put. Is that fair to you? Or at least from from the Knicks perspective, for, I, I was about to say from, down in the draft, but from a Knicks perspective, um, I mean, look, uh, the next year that uh, there will there isn't a Miles Turner to the next rumor will, will be the first that year that 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 doesn't happen. Uh, I don't I don't know if I see a way for the Knicks to make a trade with the Pacers involving the seventh pick. Agreed. Involving the seventh pick to yes. be clear. Yes. Eighth overall uh, similar vein. You know, I mean, the Wizards are from all accounts seeming to get better. <laughs> And they'll have a new ownership, not new ownership. They'll have a new front office. At I some guess. point. I mean, they, they haven't h- hired anyone yet. So Which we'll is see. Wild. 
Yeah, that's uh, to go into it without anyone really kind of steering. I mean, I would imagine whoever's the interim is going to be there through the draft, but even still, uh, yeah, I just don't really see a huge trade going on between the Knicks and the Wizards for this year. The only thing I would throw in here, the only thing, and I agree with everything you said about Emmanuel quickly and that I hope he's here and I hope he's here for a long time and all of those things. If we were talking just, again, in a vacuum about Emmanuel quickly's value in terms of what he could fetch, I wonder if a pick at this range in the draft wouldn't be something in the neighborhood of quickly's value. And I don't, I don't know eight, that this eight steep, but eight, I was about to say eight steep. I don't think the wizards would do it. Mm-mm. And yet I don't know, like for again, for the Knicks to do it, they would have to have someone like really, really, really precise. It's like, okay, we love this guy. We love him for this year. We love him next year. We love him moving forward. We see him in this role, like all of these things, like in a vacuum, like again, the days of like, what was it? Randy Foy, not Randy Foy, Mike Miller. What was what was that batshit crazy? Tim, it was a Timberwolves trade that happened like 15 oh. years ago or something. I don't know. I, so many bad yeah. trades get they, they they run together in my mind. <laughs> um, the point is like those trades don't really happen anymore. Where you get like a young veteran traded for like a pick in like the top ten. Like it's just there. It's rare. I just again, it's the value that it's like. Huh, I could kind of see the valuation being there, and then. The fact that the Western Wizards don't have a starting point guard um, by all indications. And like, is there a team out there, whether it's Washington or some other team that looks at Emmanuel quickly and is like, there's our starting point guard for the next 10 years and is willing to pay a, a, a price to find out if, if, if he is indeed the answer and then obviously pay him as such. Like, that's the only reason I would I would jump in here and just, you know, ponder. Yeah, no, I hear that. I don't know. They... They strike me as the type of team where it's like, let's draft someone eighth overall and then let's cobble enough salary together to get like a Colin Sexton type. And I'm not saying it has to be Colin Sexton, but like someone where Maybe. cool, we got someone who's younger, who can still run the point where, cause they, I mean, they, yeah, they absolutely need a point guard. I don't think they can get a DeJounte Murray. I think that's probably a little steep for them, but I think they keep this pick at the end of the day or flip it for someone that's simply better than Emmanuel quickly. Which is a short list, but I'm I continue. Uh, the Jazz, this pick's not going anywhere. No, we can move on. The Mavericks, this pick is not going to New York. That's for sure. <laughs> so we can move on. <laughs> Flying through now, Magic. We're back to them at eleven again. I understand why they might do it. If I'm Orlando, though, I'm actually thinking, what if I traded at eleven? for a more established point guard because they have all this cap space in the summer. They could agree to the trade on dead, you know, on the, the draft night, they could move Gary Harris if they needed it that badly. They could, there like there, there's salary there possibility. Right. Yeah. The only thing is they can't get Van Vliet. Um, Cause he's a free agent. Yeah. Correct. So it's that, but I just don't see the magic as much of a fit in terms of the Knicks and how they'd operate, but we'll continue thunder similar vein. I think they're just, going to keep this pick. They've got so many other picks they can add to their talent. It wouldn't surprise me if they even traded up a little bit. Why not? They've got, I mean, they traded three protected firsts for the 11th pick last year for the Knicks. So or, it's not like they couldn't do something where they see talent that they love and feel we have 
the avenues to get what we want done. So let's do it. Yep. Th- uh, Raptors at 13. I don't see them moving this pick. It's really a matter of they ha- they need to fill out their bench and they might have some other players. Is Van Vliet leaving? Is Ananobi getting traded? Is Siakam getting traded? What's going on with Gary Trent Jr.? Is he going to leave? Jakob Pertl's an unrestricted free agent. So I would imagine they keep at least two to three of those guys, but they're going to be an expensive team and they're going to need depth. And that's where a first round pick certainly helps them. So I don't think that they are an option for the Knicks. Yeah, agreed. You, I mean, you mentioned the Rockets as the team that is like the most, maybe the team that the offseason turns upon. Um, the Raptors were the team that I think a lot of people thought the trade deadline would turn upon. And it did not end up being the case because uh, they, I mean, they just made a move for Pirtle and that was it. But like, uh, I do wonder if they'll, you know, be active in, in some respect. Uh, yeah. Rockets and Siakam might be, I don't know. Not saying it's crazy, not saying it's happening, just just a thought. If they if they I mean, I don't know what happens with uh Jabari Smith Jr., but this isn't Raptors film school, so we can pontificate about this another point. And then uh finally round out the lottery, the Pelicans. I I mean, they have to consolidate in some way. They desperately need to consolidate a lot of their assets and their picks. They're close to the luxury tax, but not probably going to pass it this year. So um, maybe they flip it, but I just don't think it happens to the Knicks. But who knows? Uh, Yeah. Again, it's just like, what, what do, if the Pelicans already have all of these good, interesting young players and like, what, what, what are the Knicks trading them for the 14th pick? Right. Yeah. So we've finished with the lottery. Now let's start talking non-lottery teams and starting at 15, you got the Hawks, you have the jazz with the, uh, Timberwolves pick. You have the Lakers. You have the Heat. You have the Warriors. You have the Rockets, thanks to the Clippers pick. You have the Nets, thanks to the Phoenix pick. You have the Nets again. You have the Blazers that have the Knicks pick, the Kings, and the Grizzlies. And we can rule out, I'm going to rule out four of these teams from a trade perspective already. 18 with the Miami Heat. Knicks uh, have made a deal with them since Pat Riley it became a member of the Heat. That was that deal. Don't see it happening now. Similar with the Nets, 1983. Last time there was a trade, not going to happen. And I ruled out the Blazers. Not to say that the Knicks can't find a way to work with them again, but it just seems like it, it's rare. It has happened where a team has reacquired its own pick. It's just very rare, is all. But you never know. I'm ruling them out for now, but um, we can. I, I think it's safe pick. to rule rule out yeah. the Knicks reacquiring that pick. Now maybe the Knicks trade in behind the 23rd pick and then try to trade up with 20 with the Blazers at 23. That is a different situation, but trading straight in and getting 23 doubtful. The Hawks, they're going to run into a tax issue. So there's something to be said of, Hey, would they trade their pick to avoid having finances and all that issue? That doesn't feel like a very Atlanta thing to do. Um, I know this is the first year that Landry Fields has taken over. So maybe they do something. I don't get the sense that they're cool just trading out of the draft. But look, they need to pay Sadiq Bay uh, uh, in 2024. Uh, and more like than others, just him, right. Okongwu's payday is coming up. Um, mm-hmm. 
like they have, and they have some other young players who are, you know, they just drafted both Griffin and, and Jalen Johnson not long ago. I mean, I don't know Jalen Johnson's going to be in their plans, but like we've seen, like if there is a team that, again, you, you said at the top of the pod, uh, show me, don't tell me. Well, the, the Hawks have already shown you how they plan to operate. They will make a move that is bad for their basketball team because they do not want to pay over a certain amount, which is why, um, the what is it? What's his nickname? The Red Rifle, the Red Rocket, um, Red Velvet, <laughs> Red Velvet. Yes, Red whatever. Velvet. Your yes, your your cousin, your uh, your cousin over there in Sacramento. It's why he's in Sacramento. Kevin mm-hmm. Herter, of course, I'm talking mm-hmm. about. Yes. Um. So, like, I mean, it's very clear that they've been trying to get rid of John Collins for years now. Um. Basically, ever since they paid him, uh, John Collins is not coming to the Knicks. Uh. So yeah, I I don't I don't know the I don't see the fit with the Hawks. Yeah, I agree. 16, the Jazz. I Again, the Jazz have a, a third pick after this, but at 16, I think they just go best player available. I don't think there's anyone the Knicks have unless it's Emmanuel quickly. That would warrant this. And uh, I think the Knicks can still find talent in the draft without giving up Emmanuel quickly for the 16th pick overall. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I, and again, it's like, are the Knicks going to make a deal with the Jazz after everything that happened? Last I, actually, I still think they could, to be honest. Look, okay. there's, there are only 29 trade partners, yeah, and right. you're only working with so many of them. And this is a team that's not even in your conference. So I I would imagine, I'm sure there's still a little bit of bad blood, but that trade's also been in the past. So if they see it the right deal, then I don't think they're going to be against it. It's just, I, I wouldn't expect them to be the first person or the first team the Knicks go to to get this type of a deal done. I don't see a fit either. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.